This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, my name is Julie Harrison Harney, and I am a social media and content guru. Right now, I oversee my own consulting company, actually, JHH Consulting. And the thing that I love about content is emotion. It is something that sparks something inside you, whether it's happiness, joy, sadness. It's one of my favorite things that content can bring to life in in humans. What can you learn about content and digital strategy from a writer for the WWE or the head of digital strategy for The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon? Quite a lot. Fresh off the red eye from one of her WWE journeys, Julie Harrison Harney shares remarkable insights on curating digital content, how social media narrative drives content for a major league talk show, the importance of learning a language of a brand and how the client has their own way of talking to each other, analytics and finding the outliers, knowing the baseline so you're alert when something's off. How premium brands navigate social, a peek into succeeding with TikTok, and why it's an evolution of the meme culture, and much, much more. That's all coming up next. From New York City, you're listening to Content Is Your Business. Conversations with industry leaders and influencers covering the strategy and innovation of brand storytelling. Julie, welcome to the show. We are so happy you are here with us fresh. Off of a red eye. Yes, Woo-hoo. yes, feeling oh, good. Oh, hey, yeah, that'll pass. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Loopy. Right <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm Mark Rako. I've jumped into the driver's seat for a second, moderating with us, of course, one of our regular hosts, Amber Mundinger. Hi, Amber. Hi, hi, everyone. <laughs> I realize I often pause between your first and last name, and I that think is you just want drama. Uh, it is, or yeah. I can't say them in a row, like my own. <laughs> insufficiencies i can't say so i need a pause to reset so i need two two moments of it's drama. fair it's fair anyway uh welcome to the show everybody uh and julie um i would love to re uh, kind of lead off with this you work hard but you found a way to involve yourself in such fun things the tonight show with jimmy fallon wwe and so forth and so on and, and as it will unfold in our conversation How do you not get lost in the fun and keep focus on what needs to be paid attention to with the strategy of communication in terms of the messaging, the storytelling and so forth and be able to stand back and not not be an audience member, if you will? That's a great question, mostly because I – Or is it one and the same? That's all very, very true. Uh, For me, I – one way that I describe myself is that I'm a fan of fandoms, mm. something that I really identify with. I love looking at different brands and seeing how they connect with people. 
Uh, it makes me feel such joy and happiness to see other people having a connection with uh, entertainment mm -hmm. in, in some way. And uh, something like The Tonight Show, something like WWE, uh, people come away from that feeling an intense connection with the brand that exists with them. And no story is ever the same. Some people might say, like, oh, I love the segment hashtags. I really like it. I feel like it's really engaging and interactive. But the reason why they feel that connection is a different story. So, uh, for example, uh, I was talking to some people who worked at MLB. And uh, they were speaking about why people go to baseball games. Mm. And uh, a lot of times it's because your dad took you to a baseball game as a kid. Sure. It's because you played baseball as a kid. It's because you're a fan of Aaron Judge and you want to go and cheer him on. But you have this instant connection with with that. And what I love being on the B2B side or the business side is helping to build that relationship, helping to build these moments, these memories with people. Um, it's one of the reasons why I so enjoy working with a place like WWE. It's because um, you consistently see this audience feel mm. a part of this universe. They're so engaged. They're so engaged. And that's, that's all you can really ask for for someone who works for a brand is to have an audience that's so engaged. I remember um, BTS came on The Tonight Show, uh, the Korean pop group. Yes, yes. And uh, we learned a lot about them. We figured out what uh, their fans like and how, how they um, communicate with one another on social media. And it's really important to me when working with a brand to not take over the space. What you want to do is you want to invite uh, fans from other fandoms into your space and be open to their language and how they talk and how they communicate with each other. So uh, something interesting that we found is they use the purple heart in communicating. And so for that night uh, on The Tonight Show, we decided to utilize that purple heart uh, wherever we could. And uh, Jimmy likes to use the four-leaf clover. That's something that he identifies with. That's his uh, monologue marker. And we thought, oh, man, let's put those two together and really make something wonderful between the two groups as as they're coming together. And while I was at the show, one of the people who worked at BTS actually allowed us to go to a concert. Mm -hmm. And I jumped at the chance because I wanted to see... The I fans had, are so yes, amazing. I mm -hmm. just... It was really... One, the concert was absolutely phenomenal. It was one of the best concerts <laughs> I've ever gone to in my life. The high production value, the dancing was unreal. Uh, it was truly, truly phenomenal. Uh, but the additional thing that I saw was just the passion of the fans. It, mm -hmm. And that's that's something that you can't. You know, I think about some of the, I don't know if it's Japan or, mm -hmm. or whatever, that they have the hologram. That's the main act is the hologram. Oh, my god! performer. And the people are rabid fans really? for this. Just, really? I have to research Oh, my that. God. It's yeah. incredible. That reminds me of, have you guys seen Silicon Valley? No. There's, there's a hologram. Part, a giant hologram in Silicon Valley. So that just but, reminded me of that. But I didn't mean, I didn't mean to derail you. I was just no. saying, you know, the fandoms. If you haven't read it, you should read a book called Fanocracy by David Meerman Scott, I believe it is. And he talks about the idea of creating fans versus followers. Yes. Uh, and it has to do with this emotional connection mm -hmm. uh, and something you have in common, basically. I mean, I'm simplifying it massively, but uh, that might be a useful, a useful book to check out. Thank you. I uh, will look at that. It sounds right up my alley. I know. I was like, I need to read this. He was telling me about it earlier. So when you talk about something, let's just use The Tonight Show again as yes. an example since you brought Perfect. it up. Um, or I brought it up and then you brought it up again. <laughs> uh, and, and in a situation such as that, um, 
where does the role you have played connect with the writer's room versus connect to the content? In other words, most people might think like the stuff happens and then it's sort of handed to you to figure out what you do with that as digital content Mm -hmm. versus it's a bit of chicken and egg. You're feeding each other as a larger strategic plan. Tell us about how that unfolds and and how you are involved in the writing process, if at all, how are you are involved in the shaping of the content ideation? Yeah. That's a great question. The, is constantly evolving, especially as technology is evolving. The role of uh, whether you're a digital marketer, whether you're a digital content creator, whether you're a producer, that world is becoming larger and larger and more influential, especially as linear television numbers continue to shrink. Streaming has become a primary platform that people are going to. One of my favorite things is talking to my younger cousins, going on a platform like TikTok and realizing that uh, they don't consume content in the same way that I did or my parents did. The idea of cable television was revolutionary to my parents. The idea of premium was revolutionary to me. I remember in college watching VH1 and MTV consistently. That is how I binged television was sitting through marathons of room raiders (laughs) which is dating me a little bit but that's my world of binging this reality television explosion that happened in the early 2000s was my version of binging and um to look at uh, a lot of young people who who don't necessarily have that affinity with cable they have that affinity with something like youtube youtube is a channel now uh in the same way these other places are uh, so so in looking at that the the role of a digital person in whatever capacity you hear different titles all the time you hear audience development you hear mm-hmm. producer you hear digital coordinator all of it um, digital spe- digital specialist social media specialist um, that role is becoming more important the yeah. way that we at the Tonight Show we figured out a really really great structure that I was really proud of and it's the before and after and then almost a consulting measure in the middle. So the before is looking at the research and the analytics of past content and and being able to go into the creative room and speak to these really well. Um, I use a tactic about knowing the analytics so well uh, and understanding patterns so well that you can speak to it in a room so that when someone says something in the room and it feels off or wrong, Mm -hmm. your, your little light bulb goes on and says, that's weird. I need to go investigate that. Um, you can see something online and be like, this is definitely getting more numbers than I expected. I want to investigate this. Mm-hmm. So you know the baseline pattern. That way, when something jumps off, your internal gut is like, oh, let's look at why this happened. Because that's where you're going to learn is when the outlier happens. You mm-hmm. want to know why that would be the case. So we would start there. Um, I'd consult with the creative team. I'd work with them to develop things. They would have ownership. They would produce it. But I would just be there as a guide to say, if you really want to target a specific audience or if you want to get this broadest reach as possible, this is a way you can develop this series or this particular segment. And at the end, we evaluate. So um, once it goes live and we distribute and we push out to the various target audience and we make sure it's on the various platforms, we evaluate the success of it. And then it starts the cycle all over again. How do you take into account things that are hard to measure? We had interviewed uh, someone from BuzzFeed at one point on one of our shows and she had really talked about 
how things can really surprise you about what you think is going to connect and doesn't. But a lot of times it's going to have to do with what the news cycle was that day, things that happened that may change the psyche of people in that period of time on mass and the public, the weather can affect a lot of how people are even tuning in or feeling about things and so forth. How do you take that into account as you're looking at the data, if you will, of how something has worked or not worked and then plan for future content? Totally. I think there are some things that consistently work well, regardless. Nostalgia is always something. I mean, hey, we talked about Room Raiders just now and it got a pop. I feel right. like I feel like, like at oh. a, yeah, I feel <laughs> like there are some things that are that are go to's that are really helpful. Speaking of the segment hashtags, doing something like um, uh, my weird family, mm -hmm. um, you're always going to get really valuable information from that because everyone has a weird sibling story. Let's be weird or something your mom or dad did that you think is funny that you can write simply mm -hmm. on Twitter. Um, there are always external factors. Actually, you brought up weather. Weather is consistently something people love to share on social media. I find that fascinating. Which is so funny. Meme stuff. Meme like, oh, we're in for the long haul for the winter. People love that. It's mm -hmm. it's. There are some constants that I think work. Obviously, you can use it to your advantage based on what's happening, what's trending. Um, obviously, a conversation um, around the Oscars, you're going to mm -hmm. potentially want to talk more about movies. So using that to your advantage, Valentine's Day is coming up. So how are you incorporating your conversation around relationships during right. Valentine's Day? Mm -hmm. um, it's making sure that you are putting forth your best content at the right time with that optimization. Um, and then you, you bring up another really good point, the news, making sure that you are uh, aware of what's going. The biggest thing in, in today's day and age, do not be tone deaf. Oh Make sure gosh. you're listening to what is happening in the world. Otherwise, uh, you're just going to look silly because everyone is aware of what's going on out there. And you need I mean, to be aware of that as well. And we expect you to be just seconds. as aware as we are. Yes. Yes. I agree. That's true. I agree. Which and is not unfair. Yes, I know. What, <laughs> I know. what are some of the things that you're learning or, or having to do differently from a content perspective with a, a brand or a client like a WWE versus like a Tonight Show? Great question. Uh, WWE is inherently a bigger organization. Um, the Tonight Show is working just at the show itself. WWE is uh, this massive property. I am just mm. working at uh, Raw, which has been really fascinating and absolutely interesting. From a role perspective, I'm actually writing for them. Uh, so that's been really interesting as well. I'm actually a part of the content creation process. So let's Fun. let's talk about what that means. Yes. Are, are you talking about um, – um, for marketing purposes, are you talking about the actual shows themselves and the the dialogue, quote unquote, that's happening uh, that's supposed to be really happening, but it's written, written. scripted? Correct, correct. <laughs> yes, yes. So I I write for not the show. To, not to take the magic yeah. out no. of it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, yes, I. So I write for the the show, the Monday Night Raw brand, which 
has been really great. And also, similar to The Tonight Show, the reason why I love it is, one, the fandoms. It, it has such a strength in fandom. But two, I also love the legacy of the brand. It's been around for a long time and has stood the test of time as it's been growing, just like The Tonight Show has. Mm-hmm. Um, it's evolved. You've seen different characters. You've seen different superstars come through. But uh, the essence and the brand has stayed true to itself, which I really love. And as we build to this digital era that we don't know how it's going to shape out. We don't know what the landscape of television is going to look like in a few years. Uh, I think it's really cool to be a part of, of a legacy brand and see, okay, how do we usher this through a new era? Um, something that I, I've really loved about it is that it is uh, with WWE, I get to travel with them. Mm, that's nice. And I've gotten to see so many different parts of the country, and that has been really, really cool. Um, probably also like the different – I mean, they have – you know, uh, you know, a consistent like rabid fan base, but even just being in different cities and seeing different fan bases. I think it's so important to if you have such a large fandom uh, to not get stuck in one place. It is really important to travel. It is really important to get out of your your bubble and mm-hmm. your element and make sure that you're seeing different parts of the world as best that you can. Um, Obviously, we're just seeing different parts of the United States, but even just that is a source of great inspiration for me. Being in an airport has provided such a source of inspiration for me as well. What a fascinating place. Well, that's by design, of course. As as airports continue to make themselves a destination, I mean, that is the goal. I think we'll find more and more that people will be going to airports just to go to the airport and not to fly anywhere. That's becoming Ooh. more and more of a, 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 like the new mall, basically. Right. Yeah. And that's true. Um, um, I can't imagine that. I have so much anxiety go, leading up to going to an airport. You'll, just you'll, like if they could just have a gym, I'd be more in. Well, you'll. Well, I, <laughs> to go early. I think that will. I think it will happen. That. And yeah. I think that probably exists now somewhere. But you know, you'll do a layover on purpose so you can experience that airport instead of mm. trying to minimize the layover. Um, That's so true. In Europe, I, I remember when I was traveling Europe, that was something that my husband and I did. Is we're like, oh, let's extend the layover so yeah. that we can we can be in this. The French town. Place out. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, no, that's the, yeah, of course. You definitely have to go exactly. to town. Sure. <laughs> Springboarding off of what Amber asked, um, in, a, in a similar vein, you know, we've, in my head, you know, you, you Facebook, let's say, was I want to share what's going on in my life, at least in its infancy. Then in my head, Instagram is a little bit of, I want to share what's going on in my life, but I want to do it dynamically and and I also want to curate some content along the way. And now TikTok, uh, I know there's been other platforms, um, Snapchat and so forth, but TikTok to me is I'm going to create content. It isn't even really I'm going to show you what's happening in my life. I'm going to do something so I can make a video. So these are three assuming Facebook is even relevant in terms of the kind of work that you would do. Um, but the, even between Instagram and TikTok, these are, these are completely different agendas in my head. So how do you think about not just altering the specific, let's say posts or stories that you do, but even thinking about the content that's going to drive that digital repurposed content, if you will, knowing that you have to create it in 
those two different paths. So making sure that the ingredients are there in the first place in what's happening on, let's say, a television show or in a live event so that the raw materials are there for both directions. How do you think about that? Is that a fair question? That's a very fair question because TikTok is such a fascinating platform in and of itself. It's I've never so talked to anyone from a brand about how they use TikTok before. Um, I, I, like, I've never really asked that question before. It's such a fun platform. TikTok is still very much in its infancy stages, which I really like about a platform as well. Yeah. It hasn't quite figured itself out a lot. And I don't I like even know. That. If, I don't so even know if people know why they use it. A hundred percent. They just know that people are there. Yeah, they're so... just figuring it out. Correct. Correct. Playing around with it. And it's really fun. I, I when speaking with the TikTok rep- representatives when we launched on the Tonight Show, and they have such a fabulous team and a really really smart smart group of people Mm -hmm. who are working to build this platform and uh something that they said is we are what the fans make our platform and we are fully embracing that and completely accepting of that which reminded me of youtube when it first Mm -hmm. launched as well very ugc oriented very focused on uh we want you to be uh, a part of this platform feel ownership of this platform and i love that in the infancy stages of something because i feel like a lot of the fans can help dictate what the platform becomes Uh, i think the vloggers on youtube were really influential in shaping how uh, what youtube became in the Mm -hmm. end Um, they had a really active voice in Uh, making sure that YouTube stayed true to its roots and what it did. And it is really fun because you see a lot of brands launching on TikTok and it can be a bit cringy. It can be a bit cringy, but I kind of love it. Um, And I feel like if you... For its cringiness? Yes. For the fact that they're like just going out there. Correct. And there are two levels at it. One, it's like, oh my God, this is so sad. This is so thirsty. I can't believe they're doing this. But on another level, TikTok also... Um, respects the cringe. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know what? Good oh, for you. Oh, there's a hashtag for you. Respect yeah. the cringe. <laughs> Respect the cringe. <laughs> it's good for you. You're putting yourself out there. You're getting your brand out there. Do it. Do You're it. experimenting. Yes. Good for you. Um, and there are uh, really, there are some people who are absolutely crushing it on TikTok that I find really fascinating. Um, uh, the one are, is just the Gen Z group. Mm. There's, um, someone on there named Liam Silk, who I really like. And I think he's smart. He's a young kid who does video memes. And that's what Mm. I really like about this world as well is the evolution of memes. We're now doing video memes, which I think is great and really fun. And it's just with music. Mm. And I think it's just an evolution of meme culture, which I think is great. But also someone like Howie Mandel. Uh, is on TikTok and he he the kids are loving him. He is crushing it. He is <laughs> absolutely it. crushing it. Lizzo is mm-hmm. been truly amazing on TikTok as well. There are just certain people that uh, they're able to see what the community is. They're able to understand. Okay, this is what this community is, and I really respect people who value that community, who respect that community, and then add a layer of their brand on it. So how are they adding to this platform? They're not saying, I'm going to take this over. I want to get followers. I want to have the biggest number. They're just saying, "Um, I appreciate you guys. I'm here. I love what this platform can do. Um, I'm here to add to that. 
So for those who haven't yet completely gotten a sense of what TikTok is, to whatever degree you can get a sense of what it is, I didn't mean that as a shot to TikTok. I'm just saying it's true. We're still figuring it out, as you mentioned. Uh, they're still figuring it out. I mean, my mom took forever to figure out Facebook. Now she's there. there and you she's go. like, why are you on this other platform? And now she's like, why are you on TikTok? <laughs> I'm on Facebook. My, da- my dad has really figured out Facebook. And now, you know, it's... It, it, just post after post. So um, what is, from an expert as yourself, what is TikTok? TikTok is an evolution of Vine is the way that I see it. I think that's the best way to describe it. It has elements of Snapchat, the vertical. Mm-hmm. You can get real niche with it, which I mm-hmm. think Snapchat can do as well. It also has Reddit. You, I feel like you can get sucked down uh, uh, Reddit. Uh-huh. It's really borrowing and lending from a lot of other platforms. And the reason why I say Snapchat too is – Snapchat was really prolific when it came to the tech that it has, um, AI filters and and building out that whole world. And out of all of the platforms, uh, TikTok has a really robust creator feature. Um, I, I feel like – and I mean this in a way that's – it's not actually you can't actually do it, but I really do feel like I have some version of a mobile Final Cut Pro. Mm-hmm. There's on a real TikTok. Editing, editing mechanism in there. Cool. Editing, yeah. timing, their uh, filters are really robust and the best that are on the market, without the doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is the technology that they have for creators is far and away beyond what any other social media platform is offering. And I think from a creator perspective, that is you hit the nail on the head when you said people are going to TikTok to create content because they're able to be very flexible on this brand. I think if you're willing to experiment, but you're willing to say, I want to put some sort of comedic element into the content that I'm creating, that is what TikTok is for. And that's what I really like about it. It's that level of entertaining that other platforms don't have. It's more of a brand on other platforms. Here, it's content. It Mm -hmm. makes me think of like all the people that you see on like Fail Army or something. Like, you know, uh, jumping your bikes and skateboarders and uh, all these types of things. They may have been on, say, Instagram, but what they really wanted was TikTok. Mm. Um, It just didn't exist yet. And you know what's really interesting, too, is that TikTok, I think their algorithm is really great. Mostly because I've had the chance to work with a couple of different clients. And you like things based on the brands. You're liking different things and sharing different things to try to find different groups and my for you feed is vastly different on each Mm. one of these so it's truly like it is working in a really great way frighteningly weird uh (laughs) which is great because again i get served for my personal stuff i get served only dog content which is amazing (laughs) it makes me so happy it is just dog content and i will take it but when working with these other brands you really get a different mix my husband gets uh so he gets more political content he's like Mm. i don't i don't even i don't even watch political content i don't enjoy but he's getting all this i'm like they just think you're smarter than me they just think you're like i'm higher brow you're like i'm getting the dog you're getting the political content I feel very happy. Yes. This is the world I choose to live <laughs> yes. in. Um, I'll stay in this part of TikTok. Yeah, right. 
All right. Uh, I, I think we've earned our way to uh, the point in the, the show where we often ask our guests to bring a snack to share. It's a chance to break bread, a uh, chance to learn a little bit more about our guest uh, in by what they've chosen to bring and why. I know you've just come off of a red eye, but yet you have still you come prepared. So fill us in on, uh, on what you've brought and why. Yes. So – Coming right off of the red eye, um, I wanted to bring you something that I've recently discovered in the past uh, couple of months, having mm. worked at WWE. You're on the road. Uh, you're in a producer environment. When you work in digital and you're a digital producer, you are on the fly. That is the one thing that I've learned in my experience is uh, you run, and while you're running, you're thinking of what you're doing. Um, it's I've got to go do this. I don't know what I'm doing that, but 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 by the time I get there, I I'm have an idea, idea and I'm going to shoot it. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I've discovered these things. Oh. I used to make fun of these things, <laughs> but now I used to make fun of them. But they are the greatest things oh in my the gosh, entire stop. world. Um, I was so hungry. I needed something to eat, but again, I was running and going. So I've started eating the Uncrustables. <laughs> nice. And they're amazing, and they're so good, and there is just I, – I can't get enough of I, them. I don't know. I've I never don't heard of I, them. I don't know. I know about them, but I've never had one. What are they? They're oh, a, it's a peanut butter and, like, jelly sandwich. <gasps> oh, I get yeah. it. Oh, that's so cool. Like crust. Yeah. Oh, this. thank you. Oh, no, I, I apologize. And this then, looks amazing. How, how cool. Thank you. My first Uncrustable. Um, I used to make fun of these all of the time because I was like, oh, my gosh, this is just the epitome of a kid who needs his crust off. Um, but you can't just like you can't just can't cut just it. Eat the sandwich like you need it, and honestly, it is the best thing in the entire world. And then I also wanted to bring you guys just for both you, you and and the office here. Um, I'm a huge tea fan. Mm. Uh, I don't drink coffee. I've never liked coffee, but I love tea. And um, I will with my clients. Uh, I will do afternoon tea with them. Oh, that's what oh, I, I like to do with my clients is an afternoon tea session. Um, so we'll get tea. We'll get a few snacks as opposed to uh, as opposed to drinks or coffee. I like to do afternoon tea. With I my like clients. that. That seems like a quite a TikTokable it, channel or something. Mm, right? That's very true. That's very true. I like that a lot. Um, uh, but it's something that I like to do. So. Um, my last name. I married into uh, Harney is his last name. Mm -hmm. We have no relation to this at all. I wish we were part of this family for <laughs> fortune. Um, but we happened to find that there is a tea company called Harney and Sons. Yeah, they're great. I thought I was marrying into something big, but um, he's oh, they, great. He's fine. They have uh, a great... <laughs> You're like, we'll he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but they I have a Harney that. and Sons in Soho. Yes, and we go all and the time. And it's so good. And we love it. Yeah. And we love it. So I brought you three different kinds of tea. Three of my favorite. One's a green Ooh. tea, one's a black tea. And then one is a hot cinnamon spice tea. Aww. So if you guys want uh, some tea or have a little tea time, uh, I, I wanted it. to bring this for you guys. So. Thank you. Thoughtful. Thank Thoughtful. you very much. Super well, thoughtful. Uh, I'm gonna I'm going to experience my first uncrustable right now, and uh, and I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna dive a little deeper into the work that Julie does. If you like funny people talking, I think maybe you should check us out. 
That's Elsie, the producer for Funny People Talking. I'm Mark Rako. I'm one of the hosts. And also with me is... Danielle, I'm one of the other hosts. And you know what, Elsie? I actually think you're a funny person. And on the show, you do talk. So it really lives up to its name. So if you love great interviews that have a lot of heart, improv comedy, and just a really fun discussion, you should check out the podcast Funny People Talking on Mouth Media Network and wherever the best podcasts are found. Because I think this is one of the best podcasts, don't you, Elsie? Well, duh. And what about you, Danielle? Well, duh. And what about you, all the listeners out there? So you must believe all these people. We don't lie at all, but we are funny. Listen to Funny People Talking every Monday and really anytime. It's a podcast. Yeah, and we don't lie. Julie, I genuinely and completely and fully devoured and enjoyed my my Uncrustable. Um, It reminded me so much of just like going to school as a middle schooler and my sandwich was crushed by the time I got to lunch because it had been smushed into my (laughs) locker and it just brought back so many memories. It's yeah. very good. Thank, Thank you. you. That was so lovely. I'm so glad. It brought I'm me so back glad. to elementary school. Right. So it was, awesome. it was what we talked about, like connecting with an emotion. Exactly. Right. So um, that's that's awesome. Yes. Um, what kinds of things do you think about as you're creating content on any platform? As you try to connect with that emotion. Are there is there an actual process for you, or are you just kind of going with your gut of what what you think connects? Oh, I'm very data driven. I love looking at numbers. I love analyzing things. Even uh, Instagram, which doesn't have the rom- the most robust backend when it comes to data, I will sit and I will look at those Instagram story numbers. Uh, for me, it's all connected to. Uh, three things. One is just the impression numbers, the share numbers, the likes, those engagement numbers. I like to look at those and understand uh, the importance of each one of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I also like to look at audience behaviors. Uh, I like to understand when people are using things, why they're using things. It goes back to what you were saying about those external factors of the weather will influence why they're doing something. The news will influence while they're doing something. Um, and then the final thing that I really like to look at is uh, their own brand and how they are communicating with the platform as well. Um, so so how are they, beyond just engaging with the brand, what are they posting about themselves? And that just goes down to uh, audience demographics. What are they interested in? What are they looking at? How are they engaging with their own personal brand on the platform as well? Um, so I really like to... Look at the numbers, honestly, Uh, because once I have a really good understanding of the numbers, that's when the gut kicks in. That's when I can start um, seeing and capitalizing on things uh, because we're in this industry that is constantly evolving and changing. Mm -hmm. And I I actually love that. I think that is a real time for people to shine, for, for brands to get noticed. I saw that Dick Wolf... The uh, Law and Order, and I love Law yeah. and Order, it's amazing, is on TikTok now, which I think what? is so great. Wolf Productions is now on TikTok. It is fascinating. Yes. It is amazing. <laughs> they are getting involved in it. But I do think it's an opportunity for you to flex and show your brand um, on these various platforms in in different ways. Uh, and the way the entry point for that is, one, 
You just got to put stuff up. I always find when working with brands, there's a lot of this get in your head uh, about how something needs to be perfect before it goes out. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times I really tell my clients, particularly in the social media space, you just have to do it, period. And it cannot be perfect because- Just start playing around. You need to, one, it gives you data. And data is going to be incredibly valuable as you grow your brand. And two, no one got big without programming. I'm sorry, no one got big without the content. You need that. Well, look, it all comes down to this. We've gone away from, oh, there's content to view. I think I'll view it now to I'm going to view content. And if you're not there, I'm going to view something else. Mm -hmm. So you better be there with something. Just occupy that real estate because I'm only going to look at so much content and you better be a part of that piece. Absolutely. Like have a voice in the game. Absolutely. What are, um, you know, as everything is ever evolving and changing, you know, what are some of the things like besides like telling your brand clients, you just need to be there, you know, and, and just start playing around in the space and to your point, like be de data driven. What are some of the other things you really think about or tell your, your clients to think about like as they're going into the space? What are their goals? What are they looking to do? I mean, that's step one because that will help me drive which platforms they should be on and what spaces they should be playing in. Mm -hmm. um, so one of the clients that I work with right now, um, she has one of the best brands that I have seen in social media. Her name is Mrs. Dow Jones, and she takes... Her name is Mrs. Dow Jones? That's her handle, okay. at Mrs. My Dow bad. Jones. Yes. Haley Sachs is her name. Haley okay. Sachs. I was like, really? Yes. Her name is <laughs> no. Mrs. Dow Jones? <laughs> That would be. Sorry. <laughs> no, I just no. Get past that. It's ahead. a. It would be a great name, and that's why it's it's a great name. But she I'm takes. It down. It's truly she has a phenomenal brand. What she does is she takes the usual Wall Street conversation, which tends to be male dominated, mm -hmm. and she applies the female filter on it. And really, what is becoming so tremendous about her brand is she is breaking the barrier down for women entering the finance game. She is changing the way that we talk about finance to be more female focused, which I really love. She utilizes pop culture and memes to explain a lot about stocks and a lot about bonds and a lot about trading on Wall Street and a lot about portfolio conversations and starting businesses. And that kind of conversation is incredibly valuable for young women um, feeling like there is this very stark barrier in trying to get into the Wall Street space. Um, and so when working with her, uh, we spent a bit of time the first couple of meetings just honing in on, uh, well, what's your goal? What do you want to be? She launched this brand on Instagram and soon realized that this could be much larger than that. Hmm. So um, she's looking at developing a much larger scale for that. She could be a publisher at this point. Right. Um, uh, she can be on just an Instagram influencer. So looking at, well, what are her goals? Is that what she wants to do? Does she want to be a spokesperson? Is she interested in staying behind the screen and and giving advice? What what are you interested in? So one, it's identifying those goals about what you want to do. And two, if you want me to help guide and navigate you on where you should be in this moment, that's why I'm here. I'm encouraging her to be on TikTok because it still is in, in the infancy stages. And the meme culture that she has translates very well there. Mm. Um, and 
she is uh, just absolutely crushing it and doing some amazing work for the finance Fun. community. I have to check her out. Yes. What are you seeing that people are doing? Let's use TikTok specifically. Sure. What are people doing wrong on TikTok other than not being on it that you've seen and say, oh, God, these people are missing the opportunity? They're taking stuff from other platforms and just reformatting it for TikTok. So the straight distribution without thinking about the actual platform itself. In some cases on uh, YouTube, Facebook, less so Instagram, but people still can do it. Uh, it's just the straight distribution funnel. And I've seen a lot of people do that on TikTok. And I think you're going to be missed if you do that on TikTok. If you don't add some sort of creative element to it, uh, you're not truly understanding the platform. At the end of the day, though, I do give credit for people who do that because you are putting your stuff out. You are getting data. You are understanding what audience is interested in that. However, you're potentially building a much smaller audience that you're missing out on, a more engaging audience that you're missing out on. Um, but I would say uh, some of the mistakes that I see is just straight distribution of content and saying like, oh, we'll just make this vertical and putting it on there. The Washington Post on TikTok has done an incredible job of taking uh, the platform and saying, we're not just going to redistribute the news content that maybe we put on Twitter or other platforms. They actually have a personality that they've developed. And uh, he is someone who goes around mm -hmm. the office. And it gives some personality to a newspaper, which I think is really great. I think Gen Z uh, and millennials, too. Um, really everyone across the board, we're in a day and age where uh, my family is talking about characters on Game of Thrones mm -hmm. and their motivations and their developments. And if we've gotten to a point where our families are talking about the motivations uh, of things, then we're at a point where people want to know things about the brand. They mm. want to feel an affinity for that brand. They want to feel an identity for there. And they've done a really great job of mm. of doing that and exploring that on TikTok. So I, I would challenge people, yeah. look at the platform. How are you taking your content and transforming it there? I'm really glad that you talked about this Washington Post example because I think one of the things that's going to keep some brands from jumping in correctly to something like TikTok is they don't want to, in their minds, tarnish their brand image that they've built that might be conservative or might have a certain type of you know, positioning because I think you'd look at the Washington Post and think somewhat conservative. It's, it's not exactly the New York Post or the National Enquirer. Mm -hmm. You know, it is a certain respect. And um, – and it sounds to me, I haven't seen it, but it sounds like what they've created is something that f feels a little off-brand, but at the same time, it's within brand. It's just a version of the brand. It it, it works within the confines of that particular medium. And I, I it, how how would you talk with a brand that you had the opportunity to sit down with that might be a potential client of yours? who's thinking about going to something like TikTok, but some of the board doesn't want to do it or some of the executives don't want to do it because they're just afraid of making a fool out of themselves. Or not themselves, but the brand. Sure, sure. It is this balance between creating a, a premium content brand. You want to make sure that you do that. And I think that's very possible on these platforms. It all comes down to the creative, making sure that they feel comfortable. I would say that uh, in this day and age of digital and as it's growing uh, in the technology space, experimentation is going to be rewarded. Uh, and we are at a place where there is so much content out mm. there right, right now. You better stick out. 
you need to find a way to stick out. And the more information and data have, the more valuable it's going to be. And in truth, uh, in my experience, I've only seen the rewards of doing such. Uh, You can always stay behind the line and you can always live in a world of, well, if we had done that, we could have failed. Mm -hmm. But you could have also been super successful and had right. a whole new business and a whole new area. So sure, you can you can stay the line and step back and say, like, uh, you know, I, I feel good that we didn't do that because the bad could have happened. Well, the really good could have happened. And that's more than likely. That's more than likely, especially as you're building and growing a brand. Once you get bigger to a level of The Tonight Show or WWE, that's where you can start having a bit of that finesse. When you reach a certain level and and you have a a group of followers, you've started to curate and build a brand. And so at that point, you can actually start to say, okay, I'm going to curate this brand. This is how I'm going to approach it. You can still be authentic, but then you live in that world then. Um, But if you don't start building that step one and there's a bit of that nervousness there – you might never reach that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why you would bring on um, uh, a digital specialist. That's why you have this person, this person who you like trust and you can guide. Like me, yeah. Julie Harrison Harney. That's right. Okay, I will bring you tea and Uncrustables. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> and we will talk TikTok. You know, it's funny. That, wouldn't that be a great calling card? You just always bring Uncrustables with you at every meeting. You just, just leave, leave that it. by. It's just a thing that you do. <laughs> In, like, your own custom package. Uh, Smokers should just hire me. Yeah. My, my With guy. a slot for a little, like, tea bag. Exactly. Here you go. Here's, it's You have you had the tea time right there. You just you can have. reach Julie at 555. <laughs> Uncrustable. Uncrustable. Oh, my gosh. If I get a job of Smuckers out of this, that would be awesome. I would take it. I just an unlimited supply of Uncrustables for the rest of my life. Guys, I'll share with you. Okay. Uh, I'm in. That's beautiful. I'm in. I'll help. <laughs> All right. Well, that seems like a wonderful point <laughs> to uh, to end this part on. Uh, we're going to pause for a moment. When we come back, it is going to be a lightning round of getting to know Julie as a human, as if we haven't already. Good God. <laughs> uh, with a, a quick round of personal questions right after this. I'm Roseanne Gold. I'm a chef, an author, a food writer, and the host of a new podcast called One Woman Kitchen. So excited to be doing this because I'm interviewing the most fascinating women in the food world. And you don't even have to be interested in the food world or be part of it to enjoy these remarkable women's stories. It's diverse, it's international, it's intergenerational. What's most exciting to me is that the concept of One Woman Kitchen means something different for everyone. You can listen to One Woman Kitchen every week at onewomankitchenshow.com and also where all the best podcasts can be found. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network. And find prior episodes at contentisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. All right, Julie. Um, I feel like we're strangers, so let's ask some personal questions. Uh, I feel BFF. uh, (laughs) What makes you laugh the most? What gets you going to pee in your pants 
tickling your belly, bent over laughing more than anything else? Two people in my life. My husband and my brother. Really? Mm -hmm. Yes. Why? My brother does impressions that just absolutely makes me die. When we were growing up, my brother had this impression of Kramer from Seinfeld. <laughs> and uh, when he, he would be an altar server in the church, and he would get a little bored sometimes, and he would be doing these small mannerisms <laughs> of Kramer. <laughs> up That's amazing. On the altar. And you're, you're breaking up in church. In church. I'm watching my brother be an altar server doing these. There was a plant <laughs> where the altar servers sit, and he would do these. <laughs> And he, he was, it was an audience of one because everyone just thought he was yeah. a weird kid. Yeah. But I knew exactly what he They're was like, doing. They're like, he's spasming. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right. So you're like, no, he's yes. It's so Kramer. nice they let him be an ultra boy. <laughs> <laughs> I was the actor in the family, but it would, like, my brother would have gotten famous on his natural capabilities. He's a great impressionist and does really great And job. then your husband. My husband, we just share a, a sense of humor and he, he, we have so many inside jokes at this point that uh, if you looked at our text message chains, you would not be able to figure it out because yeah, it's like... <laughs> I, I, it would take so long for me to even to explain to you why it's funny. I, if I say the word Sermit, uh -huh. uh, Jenna Marbles has a dog named Kermit, but it's per, it looks like Sermit. It, and then that's how we talk to each other now. Yeah. And we you have your own yes, language. Yes. Yeah. It's and it's it's just a way to escape reality sometimes and it's so lovely it's really lovely so i really very, very yes good. definitely now them. you have you get served up a lot of dog content is this because you have your own dog no great question <laughs> thank you for asking this great question <laughs> this is an Wait. interesting piece of conversation that i'd like to bring up to my husband yeah. oh, as i would very much yes. love a dog <laughs> Um, so I now have identified three portions of this interview <laughs> that we must share with your husband. <laughs> Go ahead. This, this is the third. This podcast was uh, right. to tell my husband a few things. That Brought funny. to you by the ASPC. <laughs> Adopt now. Yes. Please, please. And we love a rescue dog. That sounds lovely. Uh, yes, I really, really want a dog. So does he. Uh, he wants a dog as well. We're just, I'm on the road. Yeah, and it's He's difficult. a lawyer and works ridiculous hours mm. as well. But... You know, there are you some it out. great dog Why don't you get a tiny, places? tiny little dog that you can carry with you in your travels? Yeah, That's hey, a great question. I have a French bulldog, and my husband has just said, I'm a single parent. I know this, and <laughs> I have her, <laughs> and when you're home, you hang out with oh, her. I love that. But she also travels with me sometimes. She does. See? I, and I would go for an Italian greyhound. I oh, love them. See? They're so cute. He wants a golden retriever. Yeah, that's where I That's an untravelable. You can't. <laughs> it's not possible. Um, but it, you're like, it, this is my service dog. Correct. <laughs> and I asked him, he told me, I'm just putting it on the record now, six months into marriage, he was like, we'll get a dog six months into marriage. We have been married almost five years now, and we oh. have still not gotten the dog. So anniversary you, present. Yeah. yeah. Are you referring to this marriage or <laughs> <laughs> your next one? <laughs> That's a good point. He's going to use point. that line now. <laughs> um, you, you are a lawyer, my friend. That yeah, you that's and good. You would get along very well. There you go. Sorry, this has not turned into a lightning round. No. <laughs> Where are you from originally? Born in uh, Dallas, Texas. Uh, moved to Rhode Island. Then uh, moved to Minnesota. Back to Texas, Fort Worth, Texas for college. And then moved to New York for a job. Found my husband. He's been here all his life. Says he's never leaving. Oh, so 
You may be a New Yorker for life. Maybe. Or... I would love to go to L.A., but we'll see. You never know. No. Things change. Things do change. You get pets. Things happen. <laughs> you get pets. Yes, please. Oh, I love it. As you kind of reflect on this conversation, what would be a thought you might like to leave behind as, as your as your final final wave goodbye? How can you use your content for good? And I would challenge people to ask that question even as a brand. Uh, what are you putting out into the world in a way that can positively affect the world that we're in? Uh, technology is just technology. It's not inherently good or bad. And I think it's up for the users and in particular the creators to create an environment of uh, positivity and uplifting of other people. It doesn't mean that you can't have a dynamic, interesting conversation, but I would just challenge everybody, especially the brands and being the leaders of this. How can you consistently in this world make sure that you're uplifting others and challenging each other to collaborate and discuss in a really positive way so basically social media doesn't put out useless content people put out useless content i i mean that is the truth there that is the truth i do think social media needs to regulate their stuff though Mm -hmm. i would say they do have a these big corporations do have a duty to protect its users without a doubt they're not the ones writing it but they Definitely have a duty to protect them, especially they're the organization who's overlooking yeah, the content. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yes, great. And um, so a lot of a lot of <laughs> footnotes to that. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I understand it, and and I know that you your message was much larger than the little quip that I made. So um, I thank you for that. Of course. How can people connect with you directly and follow you, or reach out to you, or hire yes. you, or whatever? Uh, yes. So my handle um, across all of my social media channels is Julie J U L I E. H X two. And that just comes from my name, Julie Harrison Harney. So I have two, I'm now two H's. My last name barely changed. So, um, (laughs) Julie H X two. Um, I am, uh, the easiest way to reach out to me, honestly, is Instagram. Feel free. My profile is public. Don't be afraid to DM me. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to send an email, you can send an email to julie.harrisonharney at gmail.com. That's J-U-L-I-E dot H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N H-A-R-N-E-Y at gmail.com. Awesome. Well, this Julie, thank you so much. Best of luck to you and your, and your continued incredible growth in your career. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Yeah. Thank you. Nice thank you. you both. This nice was so wonderful. You. I could do this for another five hours. Seriously. That's it for this episode of Content is Your Business. Thanks so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, I'm Mark Rako here with Amber Mundinger. Thanks, everyone. And that's Hey, I said your name without a pause. You did it. It's crazy. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. This has been Content Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2020. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at contentisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Thank you for listening.